We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome, man. It's Friday, a little after 2 o'clock Pacific time, and we are going to kick off the weekend talking some Lakers basketball. The first thing that I want to get into has to do with, actually, our intro music there, the 2020 NBA championship. People are still, it blows me away. People are still disrespecting the Lakers for that 2020 championship, and we need to talk about whether or not that actually bleeds into the way the Lakers are being viewed for next season. We'll talk about that a bit. We're going to take questions and comments coming in from the chat. For those of you joining us live over on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, of course, welcome in to all of you as we kick off a hot weekend. That's for sure. Joining me is Mark Gunnels from LakersNation.com. Mark, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, excited for the weekend. But I got to admit, Mark, I'm I'm a little bit... I don't want to say fired up. Like it doesn't get to me too much, but if it surprises me, disappoints me, I suppose. You ever get that where your parents would tell you, like, we're not mad, we're just disappointed? Yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that, that's that was worse. That's it's worse. the worst. It's yeah. the worst. It's the worst. But I'm disappointed to see that there are people still running around. I've seen this discourse on social media today saying the Lakers had the easiest path to the championship in 2020. And I put it out there on Twitter, or I guess we have to call it X now. Um, and there were uh, there was a lot of people who were remembering that, hey, the Blazers were considered the greatest eighth seed of all time. And yet the Lakers are considered to have had an easy path to the finals in 2020. Mark, uh, is this just Lakers hate, Lakers disrespect? Is that what's coming out at, at this point and still there? And then I want to get into what this means for next season as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say this, and people talk about the bubble and how it didn't count and yada, 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 no fans and things like that. The Lakers had so much rest with an older team. It benefited them. They were still the one seed, people. <laughs> and they had just beat the Bucks and the Clippers, I believe, back-to-back -back mm -hmm. games right before things shut down, two of the best teams in the league at the time. So, yeah, I don't buy any of it because if any of those fans, if their team would have won in the bubble, they wouldn't be saying this. It's only because the Lakers won. That's why. So, I, yeah, I can't believe we're still trying to discredit it, man. It's sad. It really is. 
Oh, for, forget if any of their any of those fans teams have won. Just if the Heat had won, right? If Miami had won, if basically just about anybody that's not named the Lakers had won, yeah. there wouldn't be people saying the, this stuff, saying it's you know bubble chip or that it's an easy path to a finals or anything like that. No, uh, we reported on it a ton. The narrative going into the playoffs that year was the Lakers were going to embark on what was going to be one of the most difficult playoff runs ever. Right, they were going to have the best eighth seed of all time in the Blazers. They were going to have an offense that they simply could not slow down in the the Houston Rockets, and then they were going to have the Clippers, who had yeah. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and were built to beat the Lakers. And then I don't know, something happened to those guys. They they <laughs> didn't they didn't show up. I don't know what what happened. There. Oh, they they blew a three one series lead, um, and then you get the Heat in the finals. And I know the Heat weren't expected to be the finals team, but nonetheless, they were there. And the Lakers took care of business. Um, yeah. I don't look at that as an easy path, but I think that's a lot of revisionist history from people who weren't happy that the Lakers were the team that won it. Yeah, and it's not just Lakers hate too. I think it's a combination of LeBron as well, because we know LeBron's brand is huge also. So when you combine LeBron's brand with the Lakers brand, you're going to get just double hate at that point because <laughs> both those brands are really, really huge. It's just hate compounding upon hate. Yeah, it is yeah. it is unfortunate to see that that continue to be a narrative that is pushed out there, um, not to give the Lakers credit for what they did. Again, LeBron mentioned it. he's going to be biased, obviously, but LeBron mentioned it may be the hardest championship ever because of the fact that it took place in the bubble. I, I, you know, you look, you revert to everybody had the same rules. Everybody played in the same situation. And if anything, the Lakers, you could argue, were damaged more than most other teams were because they fought all season long to get home court advantage. People say, oh, well, AD would have been hurt. Uh, LeBron would have been hurt. They wouldn't have made it through the whole season. Why are we totally forgetting that Giannis got hurt right before everything shut down on the Milwaukee? We're just, we're just forgetting everything that happened. It was the Lakers beat the Bucks, and Giannis got hurt right yeah. before everything shut down. The Lakers were the healthy team, and right. they were rolling. And then the, the cord got kicked out of the wall when COVID hit. It, it blows my mind still that that's the world that we live in where we're still trying to discredit a championship in 2020. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. And, and you know, at the end of the day, wouldn't you want to see everybody at their full strength anyway? Like you got the, the, the two or three month break. Isn't that better for the brand of basketball? Because now everybody got a chance to rest and they're 100% mm -hmm. see everybody at their best. I thought that's what we all wanted as fans. We don't want to right? see it. So I don't get that narrative that, oh, well, he would have got hurt anyway. Like, do you want him to get hurt? I mean, <laughs> on, what are we doing here? <laughs> we got we got to see a a very, very competitive playoffs here, playoff run. We got to see some wonderful basketball, some amazing moments, and that's what what matters. But but then I go and I look and I see, okay, the the power rankings heading into this season. Heading into this season. This is where it sits, ESPN's power rankings. Denver Nuggets, number one. I can't argue, right? They're the champs. They won. Give them the credit. Of course, they should be the one seed, right? That's that's the power ranking, right? Number two is the Bucks. They got bounced in the first round. The Bucks, number two. Number three is the Boston Celtics. They lost in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Look, I get it because we're factoring in offseason moves and all that, and Miami doesn't have... Damian Lillard yet, right? But number four is the Phoenix Suns. Now, wait a second. The Lakers were one of the four teams still standing in the conference finals. Should that suggest they were 
one of the top four teams in the league last season. Clearly, they are not being ranked as such here. But then, oh, look, number five, the Miami Heat. The Heat got put ahead of the Lakers in this. And then number six, the 76ers, you got to go down to number seven to find the Lakers who are considered to have won the offseason. And yet the Lakers get ranked seventh on ESPN's power rankings. I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, Mark. Yeah, um, I definitely got lost when we went down near the bottom. You said the Sixers, <laughs> uh, even the the Bucks at two seems really, really high. Like, I mean, and if we're if we're gonna give Miami credit and put them at five and say, well, they're probably gonna get Dame, the Sixers are probably gonna lose James Harden. So why, it, right? If you're gonna bump one up and assume that they're gonna gain a superstar yeah. and that's gonna help Miami, why are we also propping up the Sixers and not saying, well, they're probably gonna lose Harden? It doesn't make sense. Well, based on those rankings, it doesn't sound like they're factoring in potential moves because if that was the case. Uh, I think Miami would be way higher than what five, like the Bucks at two. Like if Miami has Damian Lillard, I think they should be the odds-on favorites in the East. Oh, okay. So, so you would you would put Miami ahead of the Bucks and ahead of the Celtics? Absolutely. Okay. With Dame, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know if that if they said that in the article or were they were they factoring that in, or you just kind of just maybe assuming that's maybe what they were thinking because uh, uh, I don't know the the Bucks at two really throws me off. That's the one that really has me scratching my head. And then the Sixers, like you said, if you're making assumptions, they're most likely going to lose James Harden. So why are they so high? And the Lakers had a really good offseason. You bring in your quarterback, you went to the conference finals, and you didn't have that team for a full season. So wouldn't you think if you're doing assumptions, right, going into next season, having a full year with the core, that they should get better? So I don't know why the Lakers are at seven. That seems really low. You would think, and look, I'm not saying the 76ers are, are bad or the Heat are bad or the Suns are bad. I think one of the things the NBA is pushing more and more towards is parity. And so no matter how they rank this, there's somebody who's going to be upset. I just think it's odd that, you know, the Heat lost Max Drews. They lost Gabe Vincent to the Lakers, and yet Miami gets put ahead of L.A. Uh, the Suns are, are put up there. And again, the Suns had a big, very loud offseason. I understand it. These are power rankings. This is just, you know, not necessarily project projecting how things are going to stand, but still the Lakers were also considered to be a team that had a wonderful off season. And yet here they are sitting at seventh. Now the Warriors are eighth Cavs are ninth. And then the Grizzlies round things out at 10th. Um, I won't mention the team that finished in the 11th spot out of spite. Um, so when I look at this and you can probably guess who it is, um, yeah. but, but when I look at that, it just doesn't, it just su surprises me that the Lakers continue to get slept on as though people don't buy, they don't believe what the Lakers did last season. And at the same time, they don't believe what the Bucs did last season. We don't trust that the Bucs are really a first round out. And we're also not trusting that the Lakers are really a conference finals team. Um, I think this Lakers team is really damn good. I think they fixed a lot of things at the trade deadline. I think there's reasons to still have questions about them, but I still think that you should be a little bit more optimistic on them than having them at seventh, in my opinion. I'm biased as hell. There's no question, but I think they should be higher. So in the West, that would be what third? Cause you got Denver and Phoenix ahead of them, right? Mm -hmm. In the ranking. Had, so they would. Okay. So, I mean, I, I know they're not doing it based on like how they think maybe this, the seating will finish. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, Lakers will be 
a top four seed in the West, which would be nice to have home court for at least a round or two. I think mm-hmm. that would be nice. Um, obviously, we know LeBron's going to low manage a little bit during the regular season, but I still think they have to have enough to win enough games to get in that top four. And I think it's going to be kind of crucial this year. You know, you, don't, you just don't want to be playing behind the eight ball. You know, like who wants to play in the play-in and then you have to play a two seed in the first round? Like just make life a little easier for you. Get you a nice two or three seed. Win yep. your first round in four or five games, and then maybe get another home court advantage in the second round, and then go to the conference finals again and see what happens. Yeah, that, that's the ideal situation. Of course, the West is going to be a battle this year. It's going to be so, so close. So that's something that we'll, of course, be keeping an eye on. Uh, getting a few super chats here. Uh, Muffin Brick oh, said, hi, Trevor, a bit off topic, but is there a dream job for which you would give up working at LN? I mean, it depends on what comes along. Why you are you offering something? Should should be a DM. Should be a DM over on over on Twitter or something, man. Um, no, I look. I, I love what I'm doing here. You know, this is I've been I've been building this show for years and years. For, this is like seven or eight years now of doing the LakersNation.com podcast. Not planning on on going anywhere, going anywhere else, or, or whatever. But you never know what what life is gonna is gonna throw at you. Uh, Eric said, good job on the Locked On Lakers Nation collaboration. Sean and I did that um, a couple of days ago. It came out today. Uh, what other ideal collaborations do you dream to be in? Zach Lowe's? I would definitely like to be on uh, on Zach Lowe's show. That would be fantastic to talk Lakers over on there. Uh, hot ones? Sure. I could, I could take it. Uh, Ancient Aliens? Yeah, that, that, could be, that could be fun, too. We could talk some... Uh, some history and some bizarre stuff there. I don't know, Mark. Are there any shows that, that you're like dying to to be on? Uh, man, that's a good question. I kind of like the um, what's it, the All the Smoke podcast? Uh huh. Yeah, I, I like their podcast. I like what they do there. Uh, actually, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this because it's like because you you didn't want to shout the team out, but I actually like Paul. Paul George's podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> podcast P is actually pretty good, man. He's a good guy, man. I know he yeah. plays players, but it's actually a pretty good. He got some good guests on there, too. I saw he had like Jalen Green on. I know he had Draymond, I think, on. Uh, he gets, he gets, and it's a good thing to see like the inside of the players' minds. Like they really open up to him, like give you like behind the scenes stuff. Like Jeff Teague, I think, was on there recently, has mm-hmm. some funny quotes. So, yeah, that, that's as much love I'm going to give the Clippers right there. Paul George has a good podcast. I'll say that. Okay. Well, I mean, we can say he's got a good podcast while saying we hope they lose every game. Yeah, but. yeah, there we go. <laughs> 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 oh, All right, let's see what else we, we've got going on here. Uh, we've got three theories said, uh, the hate the Lakers got for winning the chip during the bubble is insane. People forget the Lakers were 52 and 19 that year like they weren't good or something. Yeah, it's not like this was some bizarre fluke where, I don't know, some random random player came in and started like, I don't know, Taylor Horton Tucker came off the bench and for 16 straight playoff games shot 85% from three or something. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. It's yeah. not like it was some crazy bizarre fluke or something. This was the best team in the West all season. This was the best team in the West heading into the playoffs. Now, I think part of what got Lakers haters hopes up, if you remember the bubble, they played a number of games as like 
to finish out the regular season slash yeah. warm up for the playoffs, right? Right, right? And the Lakers played the Clippers that first game, that first real game. They played the Clippers and they won. And by winning that game, they locked in the one seed. Nothing else they did was going to matter. And so at that point, once they beat the Clippers in that first game, they completely took their foot off the gas. And so they had a bunch of losses that you weren't expecting from them where you could tell they weren't really playing that hard. So that was what people were seeing them not look that great going into the playoffs. So I think that also got people's hopes up, haters' hopes up, that, oh, the Blazers, the best eight seed ever. They're going to knock these guys out. And then, of course, you know, we know what happened. The Lakers flipped the switch back on come playoff time. Yeah. And then people were even picking the uh, the Rockets. I remember that. That was like mm-hmm. a hot thing. You know, what Westbrook, he's looking like he's the old Westbrook. You know, the you know, James Harden and things like that. Like guys were they was like that could that could be a little sleeper matchup. People uh, gotta watch out for with that offense and give Lakers some problems in the way they move and ball up and down the court. So yeah, it's definitely a lot of revisionist history at this point. But I don't think it's even that. I think it's just hate. I just think it's just hate. The Lakers won and people just mad. Yep. It's it's LeBron hate and and Lakers hate all kind of mixed yeah. together into into one thing. All right. So We've got obviously the the Lakers. They've looked. They're, they're projected to be one of the better teams in the West. I still think they're getting slept on a little bit. I think while we're giving them credit for having a great offseason in terms of the moves that they made, you still have teams that are or pundits that are doubtful that they what they saw last season was real. Yeah. And look, we'll see. Right? There's certainly from a motivation standpoint, I don't expect them to go on a tear the way they did post All Star break because they had that urgency of, hey, we really have to kick it in here if we're going to make the playoffs. It's hard to have that urgency all season long. But I still think this is a, a very, very good team. What In your mind, what was the best addition to the Lakers this summer? It's a good question. I'm probably going to say... Mm, I'm probably going to lean Gabe Vincent. And the reason I say that is because I feel like at times last year especially when D'Lo was going through his struggles at times, we didn't have that guy off the bench that you could rely on to come in and get you a bucket to give you a spark. And I really think that what Gabe Vincent did in Miami this past season, especially with his shot-making ability, I think he's a guy that can handle the ball at times. But he can also play off the ball. So I think his versatility on the offensive end can play well with like a LeBron or a Austin Reeves when the ball's in their hands because he can still catch and shoot as well. And mm-hmm. just bring that spark. And he's a better defender than people give him credit for. He can get after defensively at the point of attack as well. I think he, he brings value there as a, a, a two-way guy, even at his size. So I, I think – and then coming from that culture, he was, he was in the finals last year as well. Miami, Eric Spolster, who I think is the best coach in the league right now. So I think a guy that's came from that experience this past season – can just fit in naturally with a team of champions like a LeBron and AD and a team that has championship aspirations. So I, I, I'll say him if I'm looking at it from an overall perspective. I like it. I like it. That's a, you know, and that was the surprise signing for the Lakers this summer was, was uh game Vincent where it kind of came from out of nowhere. It was like, Whoa, the Lakers are actually getting him. Um, I'll tell you that the, and I think that's a great pick Mark in terms of the guy who can really create an impact, especially scoring coming off the bench, which is I think the role that he's going to be in. And I'd like that you mentioned the heat culture there, bringing that kind of focus, that mentality. That's going to be really important this season. But the guy that I'm getting more and more interested in seeing, and this is not because I think he's the best addition, but more because he is such a mystery still to this day, like Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, 
you know, even to a degree, Jackson Hayes, like we kind of know what these guys are and we have a sense of what they can do. Cam Reddish is such a mystery he that I'm curious to see what he looks like for the Lakers. And that that is particularly for a preseason where I know he's going to get a lot of opportunity. I don't know what the rotation is going to look like come regular season because they are so deep at the wing. It might be hard for him to displace Rui Hachimura, Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, you know, players like that to get minutes. But I'm really curious to see what they've got in him. And if indeed Chris Gent can finally unlock Cam Reddish and get consistent, solid play out of him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I've been high on for a while, just off his natural talent. Uh, I don't think he's really had a fair shake in the league. And like you said, maybe it's still going to be hard to get that here in L.A. with all the guys that you got potentially in front of him at that position. But, I mean, we'll see what he does with training camp coming up. Preseason, I think, would be very important for him to get a lot of reps and a lot of run to see what he can do. And, I mean, like I mentioned before on previous shows, you know, the Lakers, you know, things happen in the NBA. It's an 82-game season. Like, guys are going to have some nicks and bruises. You just hope there's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing that's season-ending bad. But, you know, guys are going to miss time. People, Everybody's not going to play all 82 games. So I think he will have chances to go in there and prove his worth in some meaningful minutes, which could gain the trust of the coaching staff maybe come playoff time. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Can he gain the trust of the coaching staff? And like you said, you know, there's going to be guys. I don't LeBron. I mean, how many games think LeBron realistically plays? Assuming he doesn't have like no big injury that's out for a month or something. He just has normal rest. I would say about 60 to 65. That's, 65. Uh, that's right about yeah. right. I was thinking like 60 or so. so that's, I mean, that alone, we're talking you know, 22 ish games right there where you're replacing 35 minutes a night on the wing. Maybe it's 30 minutes. LeBron plays this season. We'll see, but there's going to be opportunities there. The Lakers winged up. I think, I think number one, they have wing depth, which is great. But number two, I think they're going to need it. I think they're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah. You can never have enough wings in today's NBA, man. It's kind of like how I say in football, you can never have enough pass rushers to get after the quarterback. I think it's kind of similar now with these wings in the league. Um, so Michael put this in our chat, said the uh, Shams, and I can see the tweet, sent a memo Friday to all 30 teams about Damian Lillard's trade request and him saying he only wants to go to Miami. It's a video, though. Shams didn't type it out. He just posted a video. So I have no idea what it actually says, and I can't listen to it right now. So if anybody in the chat knows what did the memo say, that would be, I think, interesting for us to find out. If anybody wants to you know, throw that in the chat for us, uh, we would appreciate it. Um, we're going to pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal. And that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing. Another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare. But buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time. You have some friends that want to go do something. 
grab tickets on game time game time the guarantee means that you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference that's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee it is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason you even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive snag tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off download game time today eric said my lakers voltron includes andy kamenetsky uh trevor sean mark alan sliwa to form and battle keith smith late celtics legend <laughs> why are we battling keith oh wow are, keith keith is still a celtics guy he's not even covering the celtics anymore starting uh starting now this summer he is just he's covering the whole league but but keith is on the front office show with me he's a good dude i think we could pick somebody else to battle can't we yeah come on we love keith <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy he's he's funny he's funny um oh they're saying they scolded dame I mean that's that's that was my issue with Damian Lillard's, Lillard's trade request was they I only will go to Miami and doing things to dissuade other teams from getting him like I I know that's kind of the standard playbook yeah. for this type yeah. of situation but I don't like it like it's fine if the incumbent team is going to get some kind of real return and isn't just just drastically set back as an organization because they get something real to kind of jumpstart their rebuild or whatever it is they're getting into um right. But when a team just gets totally annihilated because the player and the agent say, no, we'll only play here, that's where it gets, I think, a little bit messy. And it's unfortunate for the fans of that team, I think. For yeah. the fans of, say, you know, like look at Wizards fans right now. How are they feeling after Bradley Beal? I mean, they got nothing for him. Like that's that's rough. That's rough. It is rough. It is. Uh so you're not you're not too high on Tyler Hero, huh? You don't think that's enough to get back? <laughs> I mean, I I think if it's if it's Tyler Hero plus picks plus other stuff like that's I'm okay with that. But if it's the whole well, no, Dame only wants to play here, so you're getting Tyler Hero and that's it, and you're gonna like it. Yeah, I don't know. It, that's where it gets it gets a little gross. And the weird thing about this situation is normally these situations. The player has like one year left on his contract, maybe two years left. Doesn't Dame have like four years left on his contract? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Has four yeah. years left. And is Dame really the guy that's going to just sit out? Like he can threaten, but is he really going to sit out? I don't know. I mean, he can really dive into his rap career. So I don't know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they could. They could. <laughs> People are saying they're going to trade D'Lo for Dame. Trevor is saying we're trading D'Lo for Dame. No, that's not going to happen. Look, the Blazers will trade Damian Lillard anywhere, anywhere, but the Lakers. They will not give him to the Lakers. They would, they would rather give send him anywhere else but the Lakers. Yeah, yep. I and think if you ever I think Lakers really... fans don't truly understand like how much the Blazers hate the Lakers because there isn't that hate doesn't go the other way. But yeah. they hate the Lakers. Yeah, and I think it's the same for the Kings, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another thing, too, if you ever see any rumors or something involving Lakers, 
I think at this point, everybody should know this now, but I just want to say it again. A lot of agents and players and teams and stuff use the Lakers as leverage. They use the Lakers in these articles and stuff to up the price because they're like, oh, we can't let them go to the Lakers. So we'll give you more now. Like that happens all the time with the Lakers. <laughs> yes. Yep. Hey, Because if you put Lakers in anything, more people are going to pay attention to it. And so, yes, that, that does happen. That's a thing that's happened for a long time where it'll yeah. be, you know, these eight teams are interested in this player and it'll be like rockets and spurs and pistons and magic and whatever. And then last team will be, be Oh yeah. And the Lakers, <gasps> what? And the Lakers. Yeah. And, and it's a player that doesn't even make any sense for the Lakers right. to be interested in, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that happens. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. The NBA advised Damian Lillard and his agent that any future comments about his desire to only play for Miami will be put, potentially subject to discipline. Potentially. So if if you do it again, so you're not supposed to say this stuff, <laughs> but we're going to let you get away with it. But if you do it again, we might punish you. Attention. Not we will. Not you're going to be in trouble you might be a like this isn't even a slap on the wrist this is like a threat a threat of a slap on the wrist maybe that's wild the safe <laughs> is crazy like come on man <laughs> tampering is just alive and well man just let him let him do whatever they want to do i guess at this point uh, jesse duggan says they also advised the yeah. nbpa there would be uh discipline to any player and agent trying to force a trade to a specific team it's still like I understand that that piece of it, right? Like I think back to Anthony Davis, right? When he was going to be, now Damian Lillard's not in this situation, but Anthony Davis was coming up on free agency um, a little over a year after he was going to be traded. And so of course, if you're trading for him, you want to know if, if I'm, uh, if I'm whoever, if I'm Houston and I'm going to trade for Anthony Davis and yeah. he's going to be a free agent, I want to find out like, Hey, are you interested in playing here or not? Yeah. Right. Before I'm going to give up serious assets to get that player. So like when Boston calls up Anthony Davis and he says, no, I don't want to play for you. Like not only do we fist pump, of course, as, as Lakers fans, but I also understand why that has to be part of the process. Why uh, the, why the teams have to ask that. And also why the player has to be truthful about it. Like, what do you want the guy to do? Just lie and say, oh yeah, I totally want to be there if they don't. Uh, but I think there's also a line between I will only play for this team. Like there's no way there's only one team that you are interested in playing for out of 30 in the entire NBA. Yeah. I mean, at least make a list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. At least you give, give them three teams at least to choose from. Well, wasn't that first, it was a report that it was like the nets were it, were one of the teams and, can't remember it was like another team that was well. I can't remember it was the Sixers or somebody. I can't remember, but I know the Nets were one of them for sure uh, at one point. But yeah, I mean, maybe he does want to really be there. I mean, it's he culture, uh, Trevor. You know, who who doesn't want to play in South Beach? Right. I mean, he's playing in Portland his whole career, right? Like he gets to play in South Beach. Maybe, maybe he does just want to play there. That's right. That's right. Maybe, maybe he just does want to take his his talents to uh, yeah. Miami. Um. People on Twitter right now are making the point that there wasn't any memo about uh, about Anthony Davis or Durant's son's trade request. Anthony Davis, I think, actually got fined for his trade requ request. Yeah, I believe so. I remember that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. All right. Um, 
What do you think about making videos on teams that hate the Lakers? Like a backstory segment or series while we wait for more Lakers basketball. That's an idea. I actually, so this, I don't know when it's going to come out because I sent it to my editor, but I recorded it today. Um, a history on how the Lakers ultimately landed Kobe Bryant. And we'll see how that one does. I've done a few kind of history style segments in the past. There was one, I want to say I did like a year ago where I broke down the history of the Stepien rule as part of a, a video on something else and um, and explained kind of where it all came from and everything. And, uh, and that uh, a lot of people seem to like. So we'll see how this Kobe one does, but I may start doing some more stuff like that, particularly as we get into August and everything we know this time in the NBA calendar can be uh, a little bit slow. So I, I like the idea and uh, it's kind of a path. I'm already starting to go down, getting into some more history type stuff. The idea is, uh, so this is again, a, a kind of a peek behind the curtain. I talked about this on a podcast recently when I explained kind of how the Lakers nation podcast came about and uh, how I wound up here and all that. But in the, in the sports industry, stories have a shelf life of like 24 hours tops in most cases, right? Um, if I do a story on something today, tomorrow it's, it's dead, right? Nobody's going to, nobody's going to really be paying much attention to that. Um, my goal is to create some stuff where five years from now, it's still relevant. People could go back and still watch it. You know, if I do Lakers versus Blazers post game, you know, uh, on, January 15th of 2023 or something, then the next day it's it's just about that, right? Years from now, nobody's going to go back and look at the post game for, for that. But if I can do a few things on Kobe, right? Like how did the Lakers get Kobe? Um, how did the Lakers wind up getting Shaq? What happened with the, the Showtime team? What moves did they make? Just some different things like that about the, the Lakers history. Um, that's something that I'm kind of exploring and, and, uh, the Kobe video I'd imagine will come out next week, but we'll see how long my editor takes with this. I know he wants to play around with a few things, so it may take a little bit, but just be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for that. <laughs> Make a Celtics video and why the Jalen Brown contract is terrible. It really is. It really is a big, uh, big contract. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I don't think like the fact that it's a super max. If it was just a max, I think it'd be okay. But the super max is a lot. Um, all right, let me bring Mark back in here. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Hey, hey I like what you were saying before I cut out for a second about well, whoever suggested that a uh, series of doing like teams, teams that hate the Lakers and things like that, like historical context, because like mm -hmm. you mentioned. Uh, you know, this time of year, it can be kind of hard for uh, news, obviously. You know, uh, it's really just all NFL right now with the training camp stuff going on. NBA is well, kind of – Yeah, right, right. Baseball's uh, trade deadline too. But, yes, you're right. NFL, NFL yeah. fantasy, baseball trade deadline. Yeah. Of course, the Women's World Cup. Those are all the things that are, that are yeah. going on right now. But, yeah. yeah. But like you mentioned, though, with – Stuff how stuff is today. Stuff only has like a shelf life of only like depending on what the topic is, it could be old news the next day. So it's kind of difficult sometimes. Right, right. Yeah, it definitely can be. Uh, the urban progressives. I can't wait for the historical videos. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm excited for that to for that to come out uh, as well. And and I'm excited to see what my editor, who's very talented, um, can do with that. Uh, <laughs> Michael, I can't wait for Trevor, Trevor and Keith to brawl over the Jalen Brown contract. It was it was funny because um, there was 
Um, Keith was gone all this past week, and he was like praying that nothing big would happen in the NBA. Well, nothing big did, did happen except for Jalen Brown's contract. Like that was the big thing. And Keith being a Celtics guy, that was the one thing he wound up missing. But um, Ron Gutterman and I put it over on the front office uh, YouTube channel, kind of an analysis of that contract and how it all broke down. I'm sure Keith will have his own thoughts. My guess is that he's going to feel it's not that bad, that it's okay. And I think really the Celtics were in a spot where they kind of had to give him that contract. Otherwise they were going to risk losing him. So it's kind of the way the NBA world is right now. What do you think that means for Tatum? I mean, his I think he's a free agent 26. He has a player nice. option 25. He's going to get a max extension next year, and that's going to be – so Brown got $304 million. Tatum's yeah. going to get like $338 million. So how are they going to fill out the rest of the roster? <laughs> They're going to pay those two guys, and we'll see what else happens, especially because next year is when the more punitive parts of the – uh, super tax, as we call it, the second tier apron come into effect next year. So that's going to be uh, certainly interesting to see how they how they handle all that. Uh, Perez Hoops asked the question, when does the schedule come out? So I was actually just looking at this the other day, and it's usually within a few days, plus or minus, of August 19th. That's, that's kind of typically the day it comes out, August 19th, but sometimes it's a few days before, sometimes a few days after. So just figure anywhere like August... 16th 17th through like 22nd 23rd that's about when it'll come out and typically what we see is like the christmas day game will leak like a day before the schedule releases um a few season openers will leak maybe a few key matchups and then suddenly the whole schedule comes out it just all gets you know floods our inboxes and the whole schedule comes out but typically it's right around there that uh that third week or so of august so, since we're on this topic real quick, let's have a little fun, if you don't mind, Trevor. Mm. What's your okay. prediction for the Lakers' Christmas Day opponent, and who do you want it to be? Um, Let's see. Oh, Robert says it's coming August 15th. And do, you, do you know that for a fact, or are you just guessing? But uh, Christmas Day opponent, who do I want? Yeah, who I do you want? want who do you think it's going to be? Okay. I want the Celtics. I want the Celtics' Christmas Day. I think it's going to be the Phoenix Suns. That's what I was thinking. That is what it's going to be. What I want it to be. Hmm. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind playing the Heat if they have Dame. I wouldn't yeah, mind that. That'd be interesting. Now, depending on where it's at, I would. Now, if that was the case, obviously I'd love to have it in LA, but it would be kind of cool to have it in Miami just for the LeBron return factor. Christmas Day, the Heat just came, went to the finals last year, got Dame. I feel like that would be a pretty hyped up matchup. They were on the road this year for Christmas, weren't they? Oh, Christmas was that terrible third quarter against the Mavs this past year. Yeah, so they'll probably be at home this year. They'll yeah, let's get home. a home game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's get a home game. Let's get a home game. But yeah, I Miami could be good if they get Dame. I I go old school and I like the Celtics. Um, I'd like to see them play the Celtics, I should say. Gross. I don't think I've ever said that phrase before. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I like caught myself. Oh, awful. Clip that. awful. <laughs> awful. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing the matchup against the Celtics. Um, Lakers versus Knicks on Christmas. Somebody said in the chat. Yeah. That's kind, of, kind of like a lot of me. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Lakers versus Knicks. If neither one of those teams is very good. Cause you know, they're still going to play on Christmas cause their fan bases are so huge. Right. 
but but if they're not very good then play them against each other but otherwise put them in matchups where you know that they could be like potential playoff matchups or potential finals matchup or something like that or you know historic rivalry like uh like the celtics but um you know what's funny though like i think the lakers are going to get denver opening night i think they're going to get phoenix on christmas day that's my guess to how it's going to fall but what's funny is like lakers clippers has been the big rivalry that the league has banked on the last few years yeah and i don't think of that one first when i think about this stuff yeah i was just going to say that like i was thinking that in my head as one of the potential options but it just doesn't have the sizzle anymore uh and obviously a lot of it has well it really has to do with the injuries on both sides yeah especially the clippers i mean yeah, it's just I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't hit anymore like it did maybe three or four years ago. Yeah, agreed. What about the Warriors? Yeah. We didn't mention the Warriors. Yeah, that's another that would be another good, especially since the Lakers knocked them out of the playoffs, beat them in summer league. Uh that could also be a really fun one. Golden State and the and the Lakers. That could yeah. be a good one too. I like that. I like that. I mean, anytime the, the NBA's gotta be thinking, man, how many more opportunities do we have to put LeBron against Steph? Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Mike M said, can you settle this one for me? People say if Perkins um, wasn't injured, they would have won in 2010. We can say the same thing about Bynum in 2008, right? Rip Comey, 824. Um, People say, when you say people say, those are Celtics fans. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins was going to swing the finals in 2010. I think that's wishful thinking. I think that that's wishful thinking. Yes, they had Rasheed Wallace in game seven and he was undersized, but people forget Rasheed Wallace had a fantastic game. He was hitting a bunch of turnaround jumpers and the shots off the glass in the post, even hit a big three late in that game in game seven in 2010. So people that are assuming, oh, if it was Kendrick Perkins instead of instead of Sheed, no, Rasheed Wallace was really good that game. So how much better was Kendrick Perkins going to be and are you just assuming Rashid in less minutes was going to continue to be just as productive? That's the thing people don't understand, right? When a star is out, and I'm not calling Perkins a star, but when a star goes out, people assume that all that production is just lost. Yeah. Somebody steps in. They don't perform at the same level. They can yeah. give you a fraction of what that guy gave. So it's not like the guy is just missing. It's not like you're playing five on four out there. Rashid yeah. Wallace really good for the Celtics in, in game seven. And so I don't look at this and say, oh, Kendrick Perkins would have swung the title to Boston. Um, as far as saying the same thing about Bynum, I don't know. Like, I think you play the team that's in front of you and Bynum getting hurt. Like, I think the Lakers still had enough to win that year. And I don't, we don't need to fall back on the, the Bynum excuse or anything like that. But the Kendrick Perkins thing, it's just, it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, people that the Celtics fans say that they're they always point to the rebounding uh, factor, which I mean, is fair. But like you mentioned, at this at the end of the day, Perkins isn't out there giving you no offensive production. So what you're getting from Rasheed Wallace in that game offensively, you're not getting any of that from Kendrick. So I don't I don't think it offsets enough to where you could be like, well, if he was in the game, then they would have won because then you're not getting the offensive production from that position. So right, yeah. right. Exactly. This is an interesting question from Rodell said, what do the Lakers need to improve at the February trade deadline? Do you think D'Lo will be traded or who from the Lakers? So I think D'Lo is the most likely trade chip on the Lakers. I think they negotiated out his ability to block a trade. 
uh, in the under the new CBA it gives them the ability to do that on just a two-year contract with an option year on the second year. So I think D'Lo is the most likely trade chip for the Lakers. But as far as what they need to improve on, they're going to figure that out during the season, right? Like, and that's Mark. Maybe this is what I'm most excited about when I look at this Lakers team. I don't see, assuming another big is signed, I don't see one particularly glaring weakness. Or, or am I missing something? No, glaring. No, I don't see no glaring weaknesses. Uh, I think maybe one thing you could point to that is uh, something, maybe a level of concern, maybe, is still outside shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, yes. Still, still, obviously, you aren't perfect there or like you're not at an a level when it comes to outside shooting but i think you have enough to get by i think adding gabe vincent definitely helps austin reeves should only approve as a shooter he was really good last year even as a spot-up shooter uh we know lebron he struggled last year but i think he's better than what he showed last year from an outside shooting perspective and then you know d can be streaky at times as well so you know, that's probably one thing that I'll look at, but I, don't, I still don't think it's glaring, though. I think, uh, like you mentioned, I think as long as they get a, another big, yeah, I think they're pretty good. I mean, we'll yeah. see throughout the season, like you mentioned, up until that point. But right now, I don't see any need to even entertain any trades right now. Yeah, I think right now you just you go to the season, you see what you've got. And um, what we need to see is. Uh, how the season plays out. And then that will tell us, do the Lakers need to go find more shooting? Every team feels like they need more shooting all the time, right? But do the Lakers, is it is there shooting enough of a detriment to where it's costing them games? Or like the Lakers weren't a great shooting team in 2020 when they won the championship, but they were so much bigger, stronger, faster than other teams that it didn't didn't wasn't an Achilles heel for them. So the question becomes, how do you how do you analyze that as the season goes on? Is the shooting a big enough problem that you have to go find somebody to replace that uh, or to fix that? Or does something else pop up, right? Something unforeseen. Is it, does the team wind up being incredibly turnover prone and you need to go find somebody who's a little better handling the ball or, or whatever, right? Something that you wouldn't expect based on the way the team looks on paper right now. So we'll see. Um, we got to let the season play out before we figure yeah. out what this team needs at the trade deadline. Um, I want to talk about this though a little bit. The rafter requirements. So Jeannie Boss talked to Mark Medina about this recently. I did a video on this earlier today. But Jeannie essentially said, look, LeBron's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Therefore, as a Hall of Fame player, his jersey is going to be retired. People have made the point, well, Kobe technically wasn't in the Hall of Fame yet when his jersey got retired. But LeBron's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Should that be where the bar is set? You must be a Hall of Fame player to get your jersey retired for the Lakers? No. Uh, if that was the case, then Gary Payton's jersey would be retired for the Lakers, right? Carl Malone's jersey sure. would have been retired for the Lakers. I mean, if we're just going strictly off of a Hall of Fame players that play for the Lakers, obviously those guys didn't do nowhere near what LeBron's done for the Lakers. I get that. But if that's just the, the straight bar, then no. What, what if it, that's not the automatic admission but that's a a qualifier that you must have in order to like in order to be a jersey retirement player uh, you're in the raptors player for the lakers you must be a hall of fame player but being a hall of fame, fame player doesn't guarantee that you get your jersey retired oh yeah yeah absolutely i agree with that for sure 100 uh, okay 
Yeah, because I mean, we're talking about the Lakers right now. You know, this is the the best brand in in all the sports. So yeah, there has to be a high standard for that. So yeah, that should be one of the requirements, a hundred percent. Now, as far as LeBron, should he his jersey be retired in the Raptors for the Lakers? And I think LeBron's the goat. I'm gonna put that out there right now. But mm-hmm. I don't think as of right now his jersey should be retired for the Lakers. I don't think so. Um, he hasn't one been title's here. not enough. No, it's not even just that. He hasn't been here that long. Uh, I, I do think if, if he got a second ring, then 100 percent for sure. But I mean, if you look at a lot of all the jerseys up there retiring, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. But having all those guys at least played what almost 10 years with the Lakers, at least, right? Like all those guys were like long tenured Lakers, I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could no, be wrong. Yeah, most of most of them certainly are. I don't know that they all hit tenure, but they all have been, you know, Lakers for a long, long time. Um should the Heat retire LeBron's jersey? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I think with the Heat is different. I think they should, yes. Even though he's only there for four years, the Heat don't have the history like that. They're pretty a new franchise. They were only they came what in the early nineties? Early nineties, yeah. Yeah, so they don't have this rich history that goes all the way back to the fifties. So he brought two titles there in four years. Yeah, it was only four years, but they went to the finals all four years. He won two MVPs with the Miami Heat, I believe, or three. I think it was two for sure. And then you get two finals MVPs, 100%. But I know Pat Riley is kind of bitter 
about how he left. So I don't know how it's going to work out. I, I think that he, they are going to do it. They're going to retire his jersey. But uh, I mean, I just make the point because he was he was in Miami for four years. He's been a Laker for five already. Um, yeah, but, but you know, you're the standards right. no, are different, though. The standards no, are different. sure. Standards should be different for the Lakers. Um, no MVPs with the Lakers. Those should have had one in 2021. Um, and then he had that ankle injury. Uh, and that robbed him of the, the MVP that season. But yeah, I, I'm okay with his jersey being retired. I, I think that the, you know, being a Hall of Fame player, winning a championship while he's in LA, I think he defined an era of Lakers basketball. Um, maybe not to the same extent as like the Showtime era or maybe even the Shaq and Kobe era in terms of the length of time that it existed. You know, we think about the Shaq Kobe era, really, that started in 96. So that, that was a pretty long era. Um, so maybe not quite as long as that, as something like that, but he defined an era. He won a championship. He didn't win an MVP. Like if he won an MVP, then it's an easy yes. But I still yeah. think the Jersey gets retired. And Jeannie's already saying it's going to be, so it's going to happen. His Jersey is going to get retired. And I think he's deserving of that. I think ADs is going to be as well. I think AD is going to be in the Raptors and that's what, and People are already questioning, like, well, should LeBron, shouldn't LeBron? Anthony Davis, I think, is going to get his jersey retired, too. And well, that's, and we'll see what he does from here. He's got, obviously, more time, potentially. Well, but... yeah, I think with AD, it's a clearer path, for me, at least, because I think he's going to play with the Lakers maybe until the, his career is over with. He still has another, who knows, five, six, seven, eight more years to go. Who knows how long he can play. But... <laughs> I guess I'm just maybe you make me feel like a stickler, man. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, this this is good because you like you don't think it. Should, I think it should be. You don't think it should. So it's good. We can present both yeah, both sides, I, I both points of view. I think here. he's on the cusp. I think he's on the cusp. I, I okay. think one more ring solidifies it, and not even just one more ring. I think if he plays out the rest of his career here, like another two or three years, now we be what six or seven years with the Lakers. I think at that point, the longevity part, even if it doesn't get another ring, will kind of outweigh, okay, you have to get two rings for me. And not to mention, you have to factor in this too, because it's a historical moment. He did break the all-time scoring record in a Laker uniform. So I do factor that into it as well when I'm thinking about this, which is why for me, he's even on the cusp. Because for a guy that's only been here that long, to be on the cusp of being a Laker retired Jersey guy, is a big statement for me still. Sure. So I'm not hating on LeBron. I just think I just want to see just a little bit more, just a little bit more. You're not you're not hating on LeBron. You just you just love the Lakers and and yeah. you're setting a high standard. Um, he did win. He did set the all time scoring record in a Lakers uniform too. That that was a big moment as well. But um, Tully, I often dream about 2018 playoff LeBron playing with this roster. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Oh, send by who's the LeBron guy. Imagine having the number one regular season accolade ever in a Lakers jersey. Oh, he's talking about the scoring title and not getting your jersey retired. Plus a finals MVP while here. I didn't mention that. He didn't have a full MVP, but a finals MVP as well. He says, come on now, Mark. <laughs> hey, man, I, I just I, I'm, I'm a little stricter than uh, Trevor. That's all. <laughs> Oh man. You know, it's funny. I think part of it is LeBron is so polarizing, right? But what's going to happen. And this is what we tend to see happen with, with players that are fairly polarizing is once he retires five years or so after he retires, a lot of the people that didn't like him will start coming back around and start kind of missing seeing him play out there on the floor. That was one of my main points on a show we did recently. Uh, I was talking about 
the fact that LeBron, regardless how you feel about him, he's 38. He's going to be 39 this season. The things that he's been doing are insane, right? Oh, somebody bring up the point. Will Chamberlain only had five years and won one title and got his, his jersey retired. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. I wasn't thinking okay. about Will. Um, okay. But the things that he's doing at this age are pretty unprecedented. And to not to not overlook that, to not, you know, look, I'll quote Fer Ferris Bueller, which is one of my very favorite movies. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and take a look around once in a while, you can miss it. We get so wrapped up in everything that's going on in the world of the Lakers. Sometimes we need to stop and remember like, oh my gosh, we're seeing historical greatness on a nightly basis right now. And I, and I think that's one of the things we should keep in mind with, uh, with LeBron because this may end up being his last season as a Laker. We'll see. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to go a little further here. I want to see how far you're going. Uh-oh. Jersey retired. You're cool with that. Yep. Does LeBron get a statue? No. Okay. No. Not not there with statue. Not there with statue. He's got to got to have a, look a second title. We'll talk, but you look at the statue. That's like that's a different level, right? You look at the guys who have statue. Obviously, Chick Hearn has, has one because he's you know the all time great broadcaster with specifically the Lakers. But you look at Kareem. You look at Magic. Kobe's going to have a statue. Oh my gosh! If LeBron's jersey gets retired before Kobe's statue is done, people are going to lose their minds. Um, Shaq's got a statue. Shaq's got a statue. Right? It's got to be that level. But win another title. Like they win it all this year. All right, maybe maybe we're talking. Maybe we're talking there. But uh, jersey in the in the in the Raptors, yes. Statue, no for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the in the chat said no statue, but maybe a painting. <laughs> well, he has a lot of uh, murals around the city. I'm out here, so I see them all the time. I think <laughs> like Cleveland should have a statue. Oh, 100 percent. Hundred percent. Cleveland should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, this has indeed been a fun Friday. We've had some feisty topics to talk about on, on today's show. Great way, I think, to kick off the weekend. So I want to say thank you guys for joining us here on a Friday afternoon. Getting ready for hopefully a fun weekend. Stay cool. Should be hot out there. So again, thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Podcast listeners, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we sure would appreciate a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.